Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 26 of Genesis chapter 2. And we're going to be looking at the last verse of the chapter, verse 25. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. There was, only for a short period of time, but there was a time when there was no sin in the world. And therefore, no shame. And that's what God tells us here. They were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Man had nothing to be ashamed about. He had never offended God. He had never transgressed his law. And and so, man lived righteously. He He lived in a good way, in an honest way, without shame before God. And God also ties together here the fact that they were naked, the man and his wife, and not ashamed. And even today, even in this late date uh, for the world, as we're living at the time of the end of the world, we're living over 13,000 years after God created the world, after the events uh, we've read about in Genesis, and after the fall of man into sin, and even today, people cover themselves. Today, man is going deeper into sin, into the depths of wickedness, and and so as part of the expression of uh, his increased evil, uh, of the increased wickedness of mankind, we find, yes, there there is nakedness everywhere in pornography that's all over the internet. We find that there is more and more nakedness, um, nude beaches or things like that, or in the style of people's dress, they want to expose more of themselves and and that's because man has a conscience and in his conscience he knows that it's wrong to sin, it's wrong to be involved in, in sexual fornication and adultery and perversions and yet his conscience is being seared and, and he is more and more uh, being bold, being, uh, arrogant in his sins and, and, and exposing his sins more and more. The, the whole situation with gay marriage is open rebellion against God, but it's also exposing a sin that had long been, um, said to be in the closet. A hidden sin. And now it's come to the light or the nakedness of that sin is being revealed. It, it's being, um, showcased and, and highlighted and men 
and and women are saying we're not ashamed we're not ashamed of being a homosexual we're not ashamed of this sin and people uh, more people are saying we're not ashamed that we live together and others say we're not ashamed uh, of divorce and remarriage we're not ashamed of um turning sunday into a day for football rather than a day for worship and and on and on it goes with the commandments of god we're not ashamed we lie we might be um troubled that we got caught but we're not ashamed people are proud today of being a good liar and all the commandments of god are being turned upside down what is wrong is right what is evil is good and and so forth and it's all a reversal of man's fall into sin and his sins being exposed before god and becoming naked as nakedness in the bible identifies with man's sins um as it says in genesis 3 I'll begin in verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. The very first thing, the very first thing that Adam and Eve realize as soon as they sin is that they are physically naked. That is, they have no clothes. They have no covering. They, they're, they're walking bare. They, they have no, no shirts, no pants. They, they have no garments at all. They are naked. And we have to wonder why would that be their first thought? It wasn't the climate. The climate was perfectly suited for them. And always it it was perfectly suited for them. For the climate was good. The weather was good and perfect. Just like all the creation was good and perfect. And God had not yet cursed the earth in response to their sin. But immediately the first thing they they think of after sinning against God is that they are naked. And then they go about to sew fig leaves together and made themselves aprons to cover themselves. It says in verse 10, in response to God, and he said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, that's God, who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? Who told you you were naked? They didn't have any realization. They had no understanding of being naked before. It was natural. It, it was good. There, there was no shame. There was no sin. Um, there was nothing uh, brazen or 
or a, a today if someone would expose themselves and walk around naked or or show their flesh we think oh they're doing something wrong and they are doing something wrong but at that time they were not doing anything wrong in walking around without clothes it was perfectly the right thing for them to do and they didn't have one thought not a single thought at any time that there was something wrong about it until they sinned until they disobey god and then it's the first thing they think about their their first reaction to their sin is let's find something to cover us because we're naked and the reason for this is that it's as though their sin is now exposed to God that's what nakedness in the bible relates to or pictures is someone who has their sin open before God it says in Isaiah chapter 20 and it's a very short chapter where God is speaking of Ethiopians that are taken captive and it says in Isaiah 20 verse 2 at the same time spake Jehovah by Isaiah the son of Amoz saying go and loose the sackcloth from off thy loins and put off thy shoe from thy foot and he did so walking naked and barefoot and Jehovah said like as my servant Isaiah hath walked naked and barefoot 3 years for a sign and wonder upon Egypt and upon Ethiopia so shall the king of Assyria lead away the Egyptians prisoners and the Ethiopians captives young and old naked and barefoot even with their buttocks uncovered to the shame of Egypt well well first of all we're astounded that God would have his prophet Isaiah walk naked and barefoot for 3 years that's a long stretch of time to be without clothing and and certainly it was a humbling thing for Isaiah yet in obedience to the word of God he did it but he did it in order to illustrate what God wanted illustrated which was that the Egyptians and Ethiopians would be taken captive and they would walk naked and barefoot to their shame and this has spiritual meaning we're not going to get into but we do see that God ties together being naked and and barefoot and being barefoot is to have your feet naked uh it's without a covering and god ties together the nakedness of the egyptians and the ethiopians to the shame of egypt if you're naked there is shame involved but at this point when when god first brings adam and eve together the man and his wife they're naked and without shame they're not ashamed there's no shame because there's no sin uh, in hebrews 
chapter 4, it says in verse 13, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. You see, as soon as sin entered into the world, as soon as Eve disobeyed God and gave to her husband, and Adam ate of the forbidden fruit and disobeyed God, at that moment, they they transgress God's law, and all things are naked and open unto the eyes of God. And the very next thing we find out is here comes God himself calling for Adam and and saying, what have you done? Because Adam says, I was naked and afraid and I hid myself. And we see that, that God knows all about it, that God has seen their sin and he's questioning them about their sin. Who told you? That you were naked. In other words, you would not know you were naked unless you ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which I commanded you not to eat of. And, and they did eat of that tree. They were told not to eat of thou shalt not eat. It was the law of God. They broke. They transgressed. And, and this brought sin in their life and now God could see their sin and and they felt naked before God they felt the the feeling of naked the awareness of being naked is that I must clothe myself because I have sinned and it's really on a a deeper level subconsciously with Adam at that time but on a deeper level, it's a reflex reaction to cover the sin. I have to cover my sin that I'm guilty of, that I have done, because God can see my sin. And so they sewed fig leaves together. They attempted to cover their sin, their rebellion against God. In Psalm 25, God um, speaks of of shame and he says in verse 2 and verse 3 oh my god i trust in thee let me not be ashamed let not mine enemies triumph over me yea let none that wait on thee be ashamed let them be ashamed which transgress without cause and based upon um the use of the word shame in our verse in Genesis 2, that they're naked and were not ashamed because they had not sinned. And then later in Isaiah 20, God speaks of those that are naked to their shame because that's after man has fallen into sin. And now nakedness is a shame to mankind. It is the equivalent of man's sins being exposed, naked and open unto the eyes of God. Therefore, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let not their nakedness 
be seen. Let not their sins be exposed to the sight of God. But let them which transgress without cause be ashamed. May their sins be uh, open to God's sight. And uh, that that's, I think, fairly consistently how the word ashamed or shame is being used in the Bible. In Psalm 119, it says in verse 6 of Psalm 119, this great psalm that um, just uh, exalts the word of God throughout. In Psalm 119, verse 6, Then shall I not be ashamed. Well, I should read verse 5. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. When I have respect unto all God's commandments, I will not be ashamed. Because it is when I transgress God's commandments that shame enters in. And so, what is the answer or the solution? To respect all of God's commandments. To keep the law of God perfectly in total. Everything, every part of the word of God. You can't transgress even on one point. That's what Adam did. That's what Eve did. They only transgress one point. And God says in James, if you transgress in one point, you're guilty of all. And it only took one transgression, one act of disobedience to bring death to Adam and Eve and death to the human race. And that, that's all it requires is to fail on one point of the law. Of course, they only had one law at that time, but, but still they failed on one point of the law. Also in Psalm 119, in verse 80, it says, Let my heart be sound in thy statutes, that I be not ashamed. And, and here, now we're, we're getting a better understanding of salvation. When God gives someone a new heart and a new spirit, their heart is perfect once again. There, there is no sin, according to 1 John, in the heart, that new born-again heart that God gives to the one he has saved. That makes for a sound heart in God's statutes. If your heart is without sin, it means your heart is obedient in all of the statutes, in all of God's commandments. There is... um Active obedience coming forth from the heart of man, an ongoing desire to do the will of God, to keep the commandments of God, and therefore, there is no shame. Let my heart be sound in thy statutes, that I be not ashamed. It's a restoration, a restoring of the soul, as Psalm 23 says, that uh, wonderful little psalm, I think it's only six verses, in Psalm 23, in verse 3, He restoreth my soul. 
He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He restoreth my soul. We had a good, perfect soul at the beginning of the creation. We were all within Adam, and, and therefore it was our soul along with Adam's that was good because he was our figurehead. But then he sinned, and our soul died. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. And we were dead in trespasses and sins in Adam. But according to God's magnificent salvation plan, he predestinated certain ones to become saved. And if by God's grace we were one of those predestinated individuals, our soul has been restored. We have become born again and experienced the first resurrection. That's how Revelation chapter 20 puts it. And now we have that perfect soul, perfect heart, sound in the statutes of God that is restored. We're restored to a right relationship with God. And now we are without sin and without shame. You see, as as Adam and his bride, the woman, were naked and they were not ashamed before God, so the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the bridegroom, takes his bride by cleansing them from all sin, washing away all iniquity, and restoring their soul, giving them a new resurrected spirit and a new heart and 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 they have been washed in a way that we find um, described in Ezekiel 36 it says in verse 25 then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and shall keep my judgments and do them. So the child of God is cleansed. He's been washed. All sin, all iniquity is gone it's been paid for and 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 so now god views that person in their marriage relationship with the lord jesus christ and god looks at every aspect of that individual in soul in body in in every facet of their being god sees the one that christ has saved and he cannot find any sin. All is naked and open unto his eyes. And God finds not a blot, not a spot or a speck of iniquity anywhere within that individual. Because all their sins, every sin ever committed was laid upon Christ and paid for and, and washed them clean as white as snow, and now there they are holy before God. 
They, they've been washed with water by the word. And as it says uh, of the eternal church, the bride of Christ in Ephesians 5, uh, in verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. And in that same passage, God relates that to the mystery of Christ and his church, the eternal church, the bride of Christ. And so Adam and his wife come together and they are naked and there is no shame. God's people have no shame, no more shame. Well, there might be, of course, of those that are still alive, living on the earth and fall into a sin. You can have shame about that. The child of God can feel or experience shame regarding that. But ultimately, before God, their sins are gone. All sin is gone. And there is no shame of any kind in this glorious union between the Lord Jesus Christ and his eternal bride everyone that he has saved and so we we can see that there let let's just look at one last verse before we close in second timothy second timothy 1 and verse 12 for the which cause i also suffer these things nevertheless i am not ashamed for i know whom i have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I am not ashamed. The child of God is not ashamed because we know whom we have believed. And we know through the belief, through the faith of Christ, the tremendous uh, and and wonderful things that God has done for us in forgiving us and pardoning us. Uh, it, there is no more condemnation in removing all sin and iniquity through the, the fires of, of hell, the fires of death, the fires of the wrath of God being poured out on the Lord Jesus in our place and and for our sins, leaving us now without the slightest iniquity, without a single transgression, whereby we have to run and we, we have to seek some other kind of covering. No, Christ has become our covering, and, and now we have nothing to hide or fear from God ever again concerning sin, because of what Jesus has done for our sakes. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.